welcome to the very first official podcast, uh, the What the Fog with Joe and M pod with um, Diane Danzebrink. Uh, I'm really, really looking forward to uh, everyone hearing this interview. Diane is a complete menopause legend, has done so much uh, to campaign and to bring about change uh, for women and in the workplace and also in education as well. So uh, you're going to really enjoy this uh, this chat with uh, Diane and hear her story as well. Um, but before we do that, um, how are you doing? Welcome oh. back. <laughs> Thank you, darling. Always good to see your beautiful face and to catch up with you as usual. Um, my weekend's been a bit crazy. Um, it was a long weekend over here. They, they, they call it a long weekend, not a bank holiday weekend. Mm. So I got there. So my daughter-in-law um, is a race secretary of an enduro motorcycle club. So I ended up going camping with her. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> a trail and enduro motorcycle club. These crazy people jump on their motorbikes and s- go cycle. No, they ride their motorbikes out in the bush over logs and through ditches and shenanigans. Mm. Anyway, mm. she was organizing that. So I went away with her and my two grandchildren. But before that, she got called to go through labor with her mate. So she didn't sleep. We were late. We didn't check our pressure in the tyres, had to stop. The pressure gauge didn't work. The man in the garage wasn't really helpful. Then Fiona needed a wee and there wasn't even a toilet. We got there. Hey. And then I was collared <laughs> into working, not looking after the grandchildren, and sitting out in the bush for seven hours, timing motorbike people, getting bitten by really, really large mosquitoes through my leggings. Um, and then had a four-hour drive home. Oh. How was yours? Yeah. Great. Are you you sure that they weren't just putting you in the bush, you know, for other reasons? (laughs) Yeah. They're like, oh, Em's here. Like, well, we'll give her a job. Out in the bush, (laughs) Em, off you go. (laughs) Probably, probably. (laughs) Sounds great. Sounds great. Uh, Yeah, my weekend was, um, yeah, it was quite a contrast to that, really, on uh, on Sunday. (laughs) On Sunday. Paul and I decided to go for to do um, a, a decent walk. So uh, we went uh, for a lovely, lovely walk and uh, we took our flasks. <laughs> <laughs> so we went for a really nice sort of five mile walk uh, around the coast and countryside of Hampshire and then uh, ended up in, on the New Forest, which is uh, very close to where I live and one of my favourite places. And we sat there with our camping chairs and our flasks of coffee and our Belgian buns. <laughs> Do you know, you can't knock a thermos flask because, to be fair, I was put in that bush with no thermos flask, no coffee. On day two, Joe, I took the camping stove and the camping kettle. <laughs> so you hadn't realised by day two what they were doing to you. You went again. <laughs> I know. Sucker for punishment. <laughs> Um, yeah, oh, I think uh, weekends uh, could could well be these sorts of contrasting stories, couldn't they? <laughs> As people get to know, they'll begin to realise. Um, so, well, that's great. I'm glad you're out of the bush anyway, and that they've let you back. It was a fight, Joe. It was a fight. <laughs> Oh, oh, now we're being silly. So, uh, come on. <laughs> no, never. So, anyway, this is, uh, the, uh, we're launching this podcast in World Menopause Awareness Month. 
Woohoo! I know, exciting. If, if you weren't aware that there was a World Menopause Awareness Month, <laughs> you now are. And that's uh, October. <laughs> and World Menopause Awareness Day is the 18th of October. Uh, so that's a that's a good date to have in the diary. Um, what are you up to for World Menopause Awareness Month, Um well, I thought as movement is medicine, and you know me, I'm an exercise and diet. I am going to sort of do a sort of challenge, but not sort, but not challenge, to invite people to um, do 31 days of simple movement and exercise with me on my social medias, uh, which will be done on my Instagram which is The Modern Menopause. And all they have to do is commit to 31 days. And then I'd really like them to look back at those 31 days and see if they've slept better, feel stronger, feel less achy, and whether they think they could commit to sort of continuing that extra movement going forward. Now, that's mm. my hope. That's what I'm hoping to do, Joe. Mm. Right. <laughs> what are you committing no, to do, Em? I am committed. <laughs> I am committed. Well, no, I should be committed, but... <laughs> You were committed in the bush, but you got out. <laughs> anyway, what are you up to in oh, World Menopause Month? Okay, so um, yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm doing a talk at uh, the Hampshire Chamber of Commerce, um, uh, hosting an event around menopause in the workplace, and um, so I'm doing that. That's alongside, uh, I think that's alongside Southampton University and my uh, MP Caroline Noakes, who I've done some work with in the past on this issue she's going to be there and there's going to be a panel and a conversation so that's that's something um that's really positive and i'm looking forward to doing and running some uh workshops for organizations yeah just sort of like understanding menopause why it's a workplace issue um and i've got a an online workshop coming up on the 17th of october um and 10 to 11 30 for people to book into perhaps we perhaps you, you know people are thinking about uh, doing something in their organization but they're not sure um, and so this is an opportunity you could just book yourself in come and see what it's about and then uh, try before you buy if you like for your organization so um, uh, and then you know if it, if it hits the spot then um, get me in to come and train everybody so um, yeah so that's that's me really um, and I am hoping uh, because it's half term at the end of uh, the holiday, you know, of October, I'm hoping to have a holiday because or a break because I haven't had one for a while and I'm feeling the need. And you thoroughly deserve it. Now, what we will do is put that Ooh. link for Joe's uh, 10 to 11.30 yes. uh, session yes. and all the information, what it is and how to book on in our show notes at we the end will. of the podcast. So if you're interested in that, please go to the end of our podcast, see all the show notes and see all our links. Um, have we got anything else to say before we launch into, or I should say we recorded this last week, so we'll just tag it on, our lovely chat with Diane. Mm. Do we have anything else to say, my darling, after this week? I don't think so. I think we would just love to hear from you. Uh, dear listener and uh, we'd love to hear your menopausal moments uh, if you are indeed uh, going through it uh, we'd love to hear any questions you have and we'd love to hear any funny stories and uh, and you may well hear us talk about those then on the podcast which would be great so uh, do get in touch with us what the fog at gmail.com that's right isn't it em no darling it's what oh. the fog cast <laughs> gmail.com but don't worry the links are in the show notes Excellent. don't worry i've got you joe got your back covered girl right <laughs> that's perfect thank you but 
And do keep an eye on our socials. That's uh, underscore what the fog Instagram for Joe and the modern menopause on Instagram for me um, uh, about who our next guest will be on mm. next month's. I uh, yeah. can't tell you yet. Uh, so, you know, just gives you a, a reason to keep checking us out. Well, not mm. us out, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, to find out who we're chatting to next. <laughs> Excellent. Anyway. Mm. Sit back and enjoy our chat with the amazing Diane Danzerbrink. So hello, Diane. I'm so excited that you joined us today. And thank you so much for giving us your time. Um, I'm very excited to talk about everything that you do. And gosh, that list is long. Mm. It's longer than half an hour. (laughs) I'm going to read it because I'll forget something otherwise. (laughs) So you're a personal and corporate consultant. I am. A therapist with professional uh, nurse training in the menopause. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, speaker, yes. activist. I like that one. Uh, <laughs> founder of Make Menopause Matter and founder of Menopause Support. Yeah. And you're author of Making Menopause Matter as well. That list is pretty impressive. <laughs> um, <and laughs> I feel a bit inadequate. I can't compete with that. However, I've been, I've been in this space a long time, lovely. <laughs> Would you be so kind to give us a brief history of your menopause journey and how you got to where you are and what you're doing now? Yeah, I'll keep it brief um, because I've kind of we're going back sort of mm, 10 ish years now. Um, So in 2012, I had to have a total hysterectomy and bilateral oophorectomy. So both of my ovaries removed everything else um, because it was suspected that I had ovarian cancer. Um, Prior to my surgery, I was given no information about menopause and I didn't get any afterwards either. Um, I was simply told, um, if you feel that you need to go and see your doctor in a few weeks time, that was it. I thought menopause was hot flushes and no more periods. I had no idea that it could be so different and so individual. So off I went, um, waited for the pathology results to come back from my surgery. Um, My gynecologist had been very encouraging and said, do you know what? I think we're okay. I think we've removed your ovaries just in time. Um, And it proved that she was correct. So I was just thrilled. Um, Mm. I learned that the horrendous bleeding and abdominal pain that I'd been living with for about 20 years before was down to the fact that I had severe endometriosis um, and a condition called adenomyosis. But on the occasions that I had ever tried to address that with medical health professionals, um, I was told it's normal, get on with it, et cetera, et cetera. And so I thought, okay, so what can I do? I am going to see um, a nutritionist. I am going to do everything that I know I should do, which is look after myself. I, you know, I'll double down on looking after my diet, which was good anyway. Mm. I will take my time getting back into exercise, which at the time for me was running and yoga. Um, and thought, you know, I'm so lucky. So I'm going to make the most of this. And for about the first three months, things actually went quite well. Um, I was taking some supplements that the nutritionist had advised, and I thought that they were working brilliantly. 
Um, and then we got to about month four and things went very wrong very quickly. Basically, I fell off a cliff. Um, it wasn't my physical health. It was my mental health. So my sleep fell apart. I started to have ridiculous off the scale anxiety, which is not something that I'd suffered with particularly in the past. Mm. Um, I started having panic attacks during the night. I became more and more reclusive. I didn't want to leave the house. Um, I didn't want to walk my dogs anymore. That was a really big kind of wake up moment for me. That was scary because that was something that I really loved to do every day. Um, I didn't really want to see people. So apart from my mum and my husband, I didn't really want people to come to the house. And eventually I stopped opening posts too because I'd convinced myself that everything was going to be so negative. Um, fast forward to a few months down the line, my mum and my husband had tried desperately to get me to go to the doctors. Um, I had, you know, kind of, I knew that there was a thing called HRT, but I was really scared of that idea because yeah. A, I didn't know that what, that my mental health was anything to do with having my ovaries removed because nobody had told me. And B, um, I'd heard all the scary stories. So yeah. they said, please go, please go and see if your doctor can help you. And I thought, no, because I think I'm going mad. And I think this is going to be a lifetime of antidepressants or they're going to admit me to a mental health unit. So I just... And that's scary. <laughs> really, really scary. Yeah. Um, eventually, um, we got to a couple of months after Christmas that that year... And so this is probably about seven or eight months after my surgery. And I woke up one morning and going to bed had become really frightening and waking up had become really frightening. And I woke up one morning and I looked out the window and the world just seemed really dark and scary and encroaching. And I thought, if this is my life, I can't do this anymore. And later that day, I came very close to ending my life. Um, I'm oh, wow. incredibly fortunate that no. um, I was basically saved <laughs> by my little dog called Henry, who he barked at the right moment. Um, I basically, when my husband came home, I told him what I'd almost done. And I didn't know, but sort of he swung into action and actually contacted the doctors himself and said, I need an appointment today. Um, and to be fair, they were brilliant. Um, I was that evening, one of the doctors stayed behind and I went in and saw her. And, you know, if either of you have ever seen the film, Truly Madly Deeply, where the magnificent Juliet Stevenson cries, sobs, there's tears, there's snot, there's heaving. Um <laughs> If you know, imagine that yeah. that's what oh, it was no, like. I'm nearly in tears listening to this. This is I just, um, I oh. can barely get my words out. I, but she was so nice and she was so calming and she was so thoughtful. And she said, I told her all the scary stuff that was going through my head, and she said, It's fine, I know exactly what's happening and I can help. Wow, oh, and that was a, a massive relief. <laughs> 
And then she said HRT. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's, that's really scary. And I, I've heard that some of it's made from horses we and yeah. I'm really, and I'm, I've got horses, I love horses and like, I'm not taking that. And she was like, no, it's fine. There's something that's derived. It's a plant derivative and, you know, we, you don't have to take tablets. You can have a patch. Anyway, long story short is I eventually whacked a patch on my thigh. Um, she didn't insist but she strongly advised that that was the right <laughs> Strongly encouraged you. <laughs> and, you know, to be fair, she was right. So it, over the next few weeks, I found that the dark clouds didn't seem quite so scary anymore. Um, it wasn't, I don't want anybody to run away with the idea that it was an overnight miracle because it wasn't. No. In total, to really feel something like myself again, it probably took two or three years is the truth. And that's because, that's not to say that I didn't have a significant improvement in the first few months, I did. Mm. But, you know, HRT is not one size fits all. It's about finding the right dose for the right individual mm. and the right practitioner to help you. Um, so I was quite complex because of my history. So I did unfortunately end up eventually having to pay to see a private consultant because I needed that expertise and it wasn't available to me elsewhere. Um, but, you know, kind of, I did start to feel better, but as I started to feel better, I started to wonder, was I really unlucky? Was it just me? Mm. Mm. Or are there other people out there who are struggling? Mm. And I also want to be really categorical and crystal clear that my experience is extreme. That is not mm. going to be the experience, even of every person who has exactly the same surgery as me. Mm. But there are a small number of people who do have yeah. very severe symptoms. But I don't want anybody to be worried that, you know, sort of everybody's going to experience that because 25% of people will have zero symptoms. Mm. <laughs> They'll have yeah. none at all. But mine is an extreme case. Mm. So I started to do what we all do, I guess. The first thing I did was I turned to the Internet. And I started to research and I started to come across forums with people saying things like, I feel like I'm going mad. I don't know who I am yeah. anymore. This is affecting my relationship. This is affecting my job, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought, hang on a minute. We're half the population. How the hell has this yeah. been allowed to go on? Mm. And I kind of knew that I was coming back to something like myself when I turned to my husband one day and I said, if I ever feel like me again, I'm going to make damn sure I do something to change this. Mm. And the rest, as they say, they say, it's history. history. <laughs> well, that is an incredible story. It makes my menopausal symptoms seem very trivial. <laughs> Not at all, lovely, because your experience, if it's affecting your quality mm. of life, yeah. It yeah. matters. Yeah. So whether it's one symptom, whether it's 32 symptoms, whether they last for 10 minutes, whether they last for seven or eight years. Mm. Yeah. And this is the thing is we can't compare. Mm. 
no, because no. each of us is going through our own transition you know kind of from perimenopause yeah. to postmenopause and if it's an if it's i always say to people if it's affecting your quality of life it matters mm. yeah no you are right and mine did but it's just uh, my story is like i woke up one morning with horrendous joint pain <laughs> heard lorraine kelly do something on good morning that could be menopause popped down to a doctor a female doctor said here's a pill that was it <laughs> Yeah. There you go. And 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 it you know this is why it's so important that post surgery women are prepared isn't it as well because it, you crash you, you crash into menopause in a way that uh, those of us that sort of transition into it we we probably have a gentler uh what i call symptom creep you know things just creep up on us and and uh, uh, maybe they accumulate but you your experiences of someone who crashed into it you know fully mm. and um Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, sort of, as you say, in a natural menopause, um, symptoms do tend to creep on, as you say, but it is so important that we understand that that's not everybody's experience, that some people will go into a surgical menopause and have their ovaries removed, and that's a significant reduction, particularly in their estrogen. Um, Some people will go into an early menopause, others will go into a premature menopause, that could be medically induced. Mm. So, mm. again, we need to understand that there is a breadth of experience um, and each of those experiences, even within those categories, is mm. going to be very individual. Yeah, yeah, really important. Absolutely. Well, what so then after you got you started feeling normal and you said, if I get back to normal, I am going to make something happen hmm. i am presuming that this is where make uh if i have my brain in gear it help make menopause matter campaign started is that correct it is lovely so basically the timeline was that um i did um so my background is in therapy i did some professional nurse training in menopause put the two together and initially started to counsel women one-to-one Um, And that was incredibly rewarding, but I knew that it was not going to make the bigger difference that I wanted to make. So in 2015, I launched menopausesupport.co.uk, which is basically, we've got a website, we offer one-to-one support, we do training for businesses and organisations, we provide lots of free resources, including the new booklet that we um, published a couple of months ago. And importantly, as part of that, we have an online community. So that online community is fully moderated. Um, I have some wonderful, wonderful people who help out with that. Um, And we currently support around 35,000 women via that community. Then through that work, I was speaking to more and more and more and more people, all kind of telling me the same things. Um, My, I can't get the right help. Why the hell did nobody teach me about this before it came along? Um, I'm really struggling at work and there doesn't seem seem to be any support. Um, Why don't we get taught about this at school alongside periods and pregnancy? And I was sitting at my desk one night and I got another really, really heartbreaking email. And I can still remember, I've told this story so many times, but I can still remember, I slammed both of my hands down on my desk and out loud said, right, 
that's it. We need a national campaign. <laughs> Brilliant. Whoa. <laughs> so I've never run. I've never, I've never run a campaign. I've never been involved in campaigning. And I thought, I know what the problems are. And I know what the solutions are because thousands and thousands of women have told me. Mm. So I sat there and, you know, in kind of therapy and coaching, uh, we often use the term flow. You're in your flow. And that petition just flowed right out of me. It didn't take me very long to do. I took absolutely no advice whatsoever. And I put <laughs> Nothing it up like a evening. woman on a mission. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> that, lovely. You know, exactly that. Mm. Um, so, and I just put it up that evening. And I thought, you know what? If a few hundred people agree with me, that'll be amazing. So the aims of the campaign, so this is a UK petition. The aims of the campaign are to have mandatory menopause training for all GPs and medical students, to have menopause included in the RSE curriculum in schools alongside periods and pregnancy, to have guidance and support in every workplace, regardless of the size, Mm -hmm. and to have a government-funded public health campaign for menopause. So, so far, I launched it in 2018, we've got 193,000 signatures so far, Mm-hmm. Um, oh, in- nearly, need just a few more. So we are so <laughs> close. So, you know, kind of to all your listeners, please go and sign it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 2019, so a year, it was actually less than a year before, uh, since I launched it, um, the education secretary then said yes to putting menopause on the RSE curriculum in schools. For the poor teachers, it actually landed right in the middle of COVID in September 2020. Um, So it is kind of filtering in, but it's going to take time because those poor teachers need the right resources to be able to teach it. We're currently um, creating one of those at Menopause Support. So I hope by the end of this year, we're going to make another free resource that any teacher can make use of. Um, I've seen it taught with that resource three times. The response from the students was amazing. All 13 and 14 year olds was oh, incredible. Light bulb moments going off yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Saying, I think this is my mum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I think it was last year we heard from the Women's Health Strategy Committee that menopause is now going to be included in a module for all medical students about women's health. So from 2024, every medical student in the UK will finally, for the first time in history, all learn about menopause. We've still got a way to go with GP education. There are lots of GPs who are updating their own knowledge because they recognize that it's a gap yeah but to be fair to them they're really pushed for time and a lot of them end up having to fund that privately too Mm. um and then the public health campaign well if i'm honest with you i've got sick of waiting so one of the key things for the public health campaign was asking for a menopause booklet because i don't know about where you live but 
you know, kind of in the UK, lovelies, we just don't have one. So we have, you know, we have information leaflets for cervical screening, for breast screening, but we don't have one for menopause. So I just thought eventually last year, I just thought, sod it, we'll just try and fund the production at least ourselves. So I asked for very lovely British Menopause Society specialists if they would essentially oversee the writing. So me and my little team have written it Mm. and then they have kindly overseen it. Basically, they've marked our homework. (laughs) (laughs) I downloaded it. I downloaded it because I couldn't get... I, in fact, I got you can't. Said, yeah, you can't get paper. Can you copies. send some over. <laughs> you can't get paper copies. Lovely, can you? Um, <laughs> but absolutely so, brilliant. Yeah, I think it's an it absolutely good. brilliant booklet. Yeah, yeah. We're, so we're thrilled about that because the British Menopause Society and Women's Health Concern, which is the patient arm of the British Menopause Society, they've added it to both of their websites, which is amazing. Um, We've sent it to lots of NHS trusts. We've got GPs telling us that they're texting it to all their patients over 40. Um, We've just sent some to a women's prison. Um, They're going all over the place. But, Mm. you know, ultimately printing paper copies is expensive mm. um so i need to find a big pot of funding from mm. somewhere mm. <laughs> to continue yeah. doing it yeah. um so yeah that's mm. kind of yeah that's where it's basically just driven by a passion to ensure that you know sort of this travesty which has been meted out on so many millions mm. of women around the world is mm. not allowed to continue unchallenged mm. so important mm. And, and you know, oh. the way that what you're saying about when women join your group and when you hear or when women are talking to you and just the, what they're saying to you, I'm still hearing those things as well as they join, you know, what the fog as they as I meet with women. And and, you know, I'm just thinking, gosh, you started this in 2015. <laughs> You've been in this a long time and we're still still I can't believe the number of women who say to me, I just feel I don't want to feel isolated and alone in this anymore. I feel like I'm going mad. I just want some support you know and uh, it just yeah it just goes to show that there's still such a long way to go but it's so brilliant what you've done Diane and I think you've really laid the foundations for for so much good in all of this um, and really making a difference to women's lives. I think the thing is what's been really important is you know the sharing and the awareness there are now you know i Back in 2015, I was asked to go on to, you might never have seen it, but there was a programme on BBC Two and it was hosted by a brilliant journalist called Victoria Derbyshire. Mm. And it was the most fabulous pro- news programme because she used to focus on the things that you wouldn't see anywhere else. Right. And it was when the nice guidance was released in November 2015, I was asked to go on that programme. And at the time that it was a really lonely place because Mm. like you would never have heard, you know, famous faces talking about their experience. Mm. Um, There just wasn't the kind of conversation, but what's been brilliant about social media and it does have its downsides, but the upside is that it has allowed so many more people to get involved in the conversation 
and it's allowed for so much information sharing. Um, I mean, I'll just caveat that by saying some of the information is dreadful. Yeah. A lot of it is very good, yeah. but, you know, always check your sources. Mm. Um, but I think we're starting to normalise that conversation. Mm. People can actually say the word menopause in the workplace. Yeah. Yeah. They can have those conversations with their girlfriends, with their partner. Um, you know, you're right. You're so right. There is a long, long way to go. But I think, you know, I often say, and you've probably heard me say this, um, you know, when we look back, it's really important that we will be able to say that we were the generation yeah, yeah. who made menopause made matter. Yeah, totally. And I think that is such a, that is going to be, you know, in 10, 20, 50, 100 years when people look back, mm. they will go, oh, do you know what? Those women, they made a difference to mm. our lives. Mm. And, you know, if you can do something like that in your life, mm, you're done, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. What a difference. Oh, it is. Now, I wanted to speak to you because I want to speak to you about your booklet, which we've obviously done. And then, but, but you're, you've got a new animated film coming out, I do believe. We, <laughs> have, lovely. we have got a new animated film. So um, I have been working with um, a lovely, lovely lady called Emma Lazenby, um, who runs Four Med Films. So they're a little film company and they produce animated films about all things medical, basically, and health. Um, and Emma contacted me about four years ago and she said, I'd love for us to do something for menopause. And I said, I love that idea. Let's do it. <laughs> but of course, these things, they all take funding. Mm -hmm. um, and what we wanted to do was to do something that was going to be free to everybody. So whether you're in Australia, India, China, the States, wherever you are, you can have free access to this film to use in basically, you know, kind of whatever way you want to as an educational piece. Um, so we've been talking about it for a very long time. And then about 18 months ago, um, she got, you know, kind of, she was like, oh, you know, I think I found a pot of funding. So Emma had found a pot of funding and then Brilliant. Menopause Support have basically co-funded it with the National Lottery and also um, a lovely group of nurses down in Bristol, Bristol Menopause, led by the wonderful Hazel Hayden. Um, so those kind of four groups or organisations have put the funding together to make it happen. And then um, Hazel and I have worked with Emma just to make sure that, you know, it's all good information. Yeah. And then Emma and her team have been out and they have interviewed a whole load of people. So what you're going to get is you're going to get a five-minute animated film basically going through from perimenopause to postmenopause, but sharing lots of different people's experiences as an educational tool and i have to tell you brilliant she has done emma and her team have done such a beautiful job it looks absolutely stunning and to get all that information in five minutes i mean yeah. you know she's bafta award-winning for a reason the woman yeah. is a genius. <laughs> yeah it, i did have a look at it actually because you sent it through and it's really good yeah really good looking forward to being able yeah. to yeah use that 
Um, so, Diane, we, um, we're going to be launching this podcast in World Menopause uh, or Menopause Awareness Month. Of and, course you uh, are, lovely. Of course we are. <laughs> It makes perfect sense. Um, so just wondering what, you know, what your plans are. Are you going to be sort of like partying through the month or <laughs> are you going to take a rest because you do it the rest of the year? Uh, what what are the, the key sort of things for your, your campaign? There's no rest, lovely, in October. October has been picked out in the diary for months. Um, I have got, I think I've got, Oh, I don't know. I can't. I can't remember how many presentations and webinars and et cetera, et cetera. There's loads of that going on. Um, I'm doing some really exciting stuff um, using virtual reality. Um, so I've teamed up Ooh. with another wonderful. I know so many lovely people. Um, I've teamed up with another wonderful woman, Liz Cunningham. Um, and Liz and her husband, again, run another film company, and they do a lot of stuff around VR outside of the healthcare space. But Liz, again, contacted me a few years ago. She'd heard me speaking about my experience on the radio, and she said, I want to come and see you. <laughs> so she did, um, and she said, I'd really like to do something with VR for or menopause and I said I think that's a brilliant idea um so they've been developing that and now we're doing two projects so Liz and I uh, are doing a project called menopause um oh gosh I need to get this right hang on <laughs> I'm just gonna say we're doing two because I'm gonna get the names wrong um you can so, tell, us, tell us after we can put it in the show notes. I know um <laughs> So I just don't want to get them around the wrong way. So Liz and I are doing a project together and then we're doing a project with well-being of women too right. um, around this. And so we've got several of those days mm. during October and the kind of from the pilot study that we did, the feedback from the room was incredible. People mm. being able to engage with an individual story on VR and then basically I lead a discussion around that. Um what else is going on? So the film is coming in October, which is very exciting. Um, we've got, I hate it when people do this, but I'm going to have to do it. We've got a couple of projects coming that I can't tell you anything more about because they're, because they're, because they're projects with other people. So I yeah. can't. 100% kind of I haven't asked them um so no. that's really so that's really good um I'm still writing um so I've got a, I've got work to do because I've got a book coming out next year um so yeah it's a busy old time mm, it is a busy time I was going to say is that the book making menopause matter that is the book lovely because um, when I found out you were an author I was like I want to read this book and I couldn't find it because it hadn't been published yeah. yet. Yeah, it hasn't been. It <laughs> hasn't been. Diane's mind and uh, I read it that way. No, it hasn't <laughs> been published yet, lovely. It is due for publication. Um, so my lovely editor is currently waiting for revisions <laughs> <laughs> from oh. me. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of on a deadline for revisions. No, the book will should be published. <laughs> These things are always a movable feast, aren't they, with publishers. But I've been given a date of the end of March next year. So, oh. right. yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
as we sort of draw this to a close, um, we would be really interested to know, Diane, what um, keeps you motivated? Um, so after so many years of being in this space uh, and the, you, you have shown incredible courage, I think, through your, you know, being able to turn your your story into something so positive. Uh, what what keeps you motivated after so many years? Um just knowing that you said earlier about the people that come to both of you and the things that they're saying, mm. knowing that there is so much more work to do. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, I said, you know, privately to my husband that I didn't ever, ever want another woman to go through what I went through. And as I say, you know, my experience was extreme. Um but I know that there are, you know, we're a population currently of just over 8 billion people. Mm. Half of those wow. people are going to experience menopause directly. The other half <laughs> are going <laughs> to know or love somebody mm. who experiences menopause. So for me, you know, this, the, the job, if you like, is, you know, there is, there is no end date because for me, until everybody has the right information prior to menopause and the right support after it, the job won't be done. Um, and that is what motivates me every day. Amazing. Amazing. Have you ever felt like giving up? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say, you'd be pretty amazing if you hadn't had a few days when you mm. wanted to bash your head against a brick wall. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely have felt like that, lovely, because particularly in the last couple of years, menopause has become a very competitive yeah. and very commercialised space. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard people use the word toxic mm -hmm. about the space. Um, you know, it's not what it should be. No, no. Um, menopause should not be about personal agendas. No. It should not be about commercialization. It should not be about making money. It should not be about getting your name up in lights. Mm. The point of this, the reason I came to this space was because I didn't want anybody else to ever feel like me. Mm. Mm. And, you know, so, you know, kind of I've seen that evolution mm. um, and it it's not always pleasant, but I always reassure myself that the vast majority of people who come into this space to do something to help others are doing it for the right reasons. They're right. doing it with authenticity and they're doing it with integrity. And I always say to people, if you're looking for help and support, caveat emptor, emptor you know, <laughs> buyer beware, do your homework. There are lots of really wonderful people out there. And But as with any space, you know, it, it's it's a minority that spoils it for the majority, doesn't it? Mm, mm, yeah, absolutely. Yes, unfortunately. I've just been having a brainwave. Maybe we should sort of try, you know, we're supposed to be exercising getting older. We should have some sort of like the London Marathon. It should be the Make Menopause Matter Marathon. And you should try and get a load of menopause ladies That's to run it. That's a great idea. Raise money you, <laughs> for your pots so mm. we can get more brochures printed. Mm. Yes, and sent to Australia. Sent to Australia, Send yeah. To Australia. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep them up It'll to the be UK cheaper as well. Than printing them. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> right, I do. 
<laughs> oh, uh, I have so, done the London Marathon once and it was very oh. painful for a week afterwards. Well, you're very brave, lovely. Yeah. I have never done it. No. <laughs> 10K is about as far as I've managed. I don't think I can. <laughs> sure, we might be able to con-, con some youngsters into doing it for us. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, we need to educate younger women and younger people anyway. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely, that's, that's a good thought. That's great a idea yeah yeah brilliant so as we um as we sort of round this up um we i don't know if we we might be springing this on you diane oh, go on. we told you this we, we are, are <laughs> going to be asking all our guests for three nuggets three sort of or, or two if you can only think of two just uh things that you know to to encourage and inspire those that are listening um have you got a couple of things just to leave us with words of wisdom or nuggets of inspiration yeah a hundred percent lovely so the first one is get educated yes before menopause comes along Mm. do your research and i'm not just talking to women (laughs) whoever you are you know do your research understand the basics what menopause is when it happens why it happens how you can support yourself and most importantly how you can support somebody that you know or love Mm. That's really important. So that's my first piece of nugget or advice. The second (laughs) one is every menopause experience is different. Mm. So, you know, just remember, as I said, you know, kind of mine is, you know, kind of at the extreme end of the scale, 25% have no symptoms at all. So it's a very individual experience. But whatever your experience is, that matters. And if it's affecting your quality of life, don't wait to reach out. Reach out for support wherever you feel that you might be able to find that. And the third one is don't believe the negative narrative. Mm-hmm. It's not all downhill from there. Yes. Most of us, if we're fortunate, are going to live 30, 40 years postmenopausally. It is the most wonderful opportunity for you to reevaluate the whole of your life, Mm. for you to look back at all the experience and the wisdom that you bring with you, and then to consider how might I like to live the rest of my life. Mm. So you might be engaging with things that are long forgotten that you have a real passion for, but you might equally have found new purpose. Mm. So whatever that is for you, follow your gut, follow your instincts, and just know essentially that there is a lot of life to be lived postmenopausally. Superb. I'm all excited for the next 30 years. (laughs) That that is the the perfect place to uh yeah there is nothing more to say that's such a great note to end on and um i just want to say thank you to you diane thank you not just for coming and speaking to us today uh but thank you for all that you've done thank you for you know for all your work for all that um resilience and that just keeping on keeping on because you have made a huge difference and will continue to make a huge difference yeah um and i just think we all owe you so much so thank you for for that and i 
thank you, lovely. That's very kind. I think I hope you have the, uh, you know, you, you, you have what you need to keep going, <laughs> and the right people around you, which it sounds like you have, which is brilliant. <laughs> um, yes, wanna... thank you so. I was just going to say thank you to Diane. It's been an absolute yeah. pleasure and honour to have this chat with you, and I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, yes, uh, I shall keep uh, on the lookout of what you're doing during October. <laughs> And again, and have a holiday in November, maybe. <laughs> no, do you know? I'm thinking about that. <laughs> um, I think warm. you might need one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Thanks, Diane. So, all much. right, my lovelies. Really Thanks so much. All nice your you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening. All references can be found in the show notes. Please remember to like follow, share, subscribe and rate us, any or all of which would be greatly appreciated. Remember to email us your menopausal moments, your funny stories and anything you'd like us to talk about or questions. The email is watchthefogcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on the following socials. Instagram, Joe is underscore what the fog. M is the modern menopause. Joe has a private Facebook group called What the Fog. Joe's website is courage-coaching.co.uk. M's website is themodernmenopause.co.uk. You can find us both on LinkedIn, Joe Ibbert and Emma Meads. Mm-hmm.